Jesus' name. So quickly turn your Bible to the book of Ezekiel chapter 22 as we find the coordinates for this conference. Ezekiel chapter 22, we want to find the coordinates of this conference. I want to say something quickly before we begin to navigate. We have a medical team on ground. Please submit to their ministry as they try to do their own bit. And please also submit to the ushers as they try to establish order in the congregation. Can you join me as we welcome our brethren that are streaming online from all over the world? Can you salute them? Hallelujah. So we are in the minister's conference for the next three days. And just in case you do not find what will excite you, it's because of where we are. Uh, I'm just giving you that before we begin to advance. God bless you in Jesus' name. Ezekiel chapter 22. We'll begin our reading from verse... Number 24. Okay, let's start from 23. And the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, say unto her, Thou art the land that is not cleansed, not rained upon in the day of indignation. There is a conspiracy of her prophets in the midst thereof, like a roaring lion ravening the prey. They have devoured souls. They have taken the treasure and the precious things. They have made her many widows in the midst thereof. In this unveiling of disalignment in verse 26 the portion of the disalignment that was attributed to the priest was outlined verse 26 her priest have violated my law and have profaned my holy things they have put no difference between the holy and the profane Neither have they showed the difference between the unclean and the clean. And they have hid their eyes from my Sabbaths. And I am profaned among them. A long list of violations were itemized from the perspective of heaven. The other items that do not have to do with ministers of the gospel, priests, may not be highlighted during the course of this brief presentation. But my emphasis is the perspective of disalignment that was attributed to the priest office. A few things were mentioned. 
However, the issue that is of concern to me that I believe the Holy Ghost uh, took his time to highlight upon my spirit man is the issue of the fact that the priest did not do due diligence to unveil the difference, the dichotomy between the clean and the unclean. The priest did not do the due diligence to show the difference between that which is holy and that which is profane. Are you with me? The priest did not unveil what is sacred and what is common. That was part of the issues that God raised about the disalignment of the ministers of the gospel in that time. And in summary, God revealed that the land of Israel was like a territory that is not cleansed. At the heart of the fabric of that assessment is the labor of the priesthood that was not conducted according to pattern. I was watching something on Facebook not too long ago and I found in a certain convention like this, some comedians came, they had a part in the program and they were on the pulpit and all kinds of blasphemy and abomination was part of what they came to present in a hallowed conference. Now, if someone happens to be a new convert in that kind of arrangement, he might think that our God uh, is an entertainer. As humorous as Jesus was, he never cracked a joke throughout his ministry. Because if Jesus should say, your head big, your head will become big. Because the Bible says God is not a man that he should lie. You see, you are not with me. I'm not saying, because what you heard or what you think I said, is that God is so modest. And because of his modesty, he does not involve himself in things like lying. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying God operates in an energy level such that if he says a thing, it will become true. God cannot lie. It is because the way God uses words is different from the way we do use words. And that's why you find that Jesus never cracked a joke. It is the ministry of the priest to bring about a differentiation between that which is clean and that which is unclean. As we journey today, my little quarter in the minister's conference is to bring about what I call a quality control instrument. 
with which we will view our labors and find out if we are in the service of God. May the Lord help us in the name of Jesus. Whenever petroleum products are brought into this nation, the first thing that happens after the port health functionaries screen the crew members on the vessels to ascertain their current health status is that the product, the cargo that was brought in, is a portion of it is sent to the lab. And the reason for that is we need to ascertain the quality of the product that is coming to our nation. How many of you remember? Okay, most of us were not, we didn't have cars then. There was one time when an off-spec petrol was imported into Nigeria and it had an odor. Meanwhile, because of... Uh, several things that happened behind the table, it was cleared for dispatch. And most of the vehicles then that were maybe second-hand vehicles or third-hand vehicles felt the scourge of a little variation in the spec. Now, that petrol brought damage to vehicles instead of providing fuel for their motion. And if there is a distortion of the quality of what we are delivering as ministry, it can cause harm to the development of a man that is seeking to apprehend Jesus, apprehend the Christ in his mission or his pilgrimage upon the face of the earth. And so it's needful for us to do some form of quality control in order for us to ascertain whether what we are delivering as ministry is consistent with the standard. Come with me quickly. I want to show you two scriptures that unveil two irreconcilable civilizations domiciled in the realm of the spirit. In the book of Revelation, chapter 17, verse 1 to 5. Technical people, can you help me do something? Can you get my scripture on the screen so that I will not be trying to figure out Revelation chapter 17, beginning from verse 1. And there came one of the seven angels, which had the seven vials, and talked with me, saying, Come hither, and I will show unto thee the judgment of the great whore that seated upon many waters with whom the kings of the earth have committed fornication, and the inhabitants of the earth have been made drunk with the wine of her fornication. So he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness, and I saw a woman sit upon a scarlet-colored beast full of the names of blasphemy, having seven heads, 
and ten horns, and the woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet, and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls, having a golden cup in her hand, full of abominations and filthiness of her fornication. And upon her head was a name written, Mystery, Babylon, the great, the mother of harlots, and abominations of the earth. This is one civilization. And John had to be carried in the spirit in order for him to see the texture of this civilization. This is not something that you can stumble upon just because you attend a lecture in the university. It is not something that you can stumble upon because you access a library. This was facilitated by a divinely granted visitation and all kinds of spiritual education was unveiled on the strength of the entrance that John had into this subject matter. It was a civilization. Second scripture. Revelation. Chapter 21 verse 10. Quickly. So that we can set the compass. Revelation. Chapter 21 verse 10. And I saw, okay, oh my, verse 10, verse 10, so that we will not um, take so much time. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain and showed me that great city, holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God, having the glory of God and her light was like unto a stone most precious, even like jasper stone, clear as crystal. And had a, a, a wall great and high, and had twelve gates, and at the twelve, and at the, at the gates twelve angels, and names written thereon, which are the names of the twelve tribes, of the children of Israel. The reading continues, but because of time, I'm going to have to stop. Two irreconcilable civilizations were captured in the revelations that were brought to John. But if we do a contrast and a comparison, you will find out that in order for John, even though he was carried in the spirit to see the halot, he had to be carried in the spirit to a high mountain to see the city that was descending from heaven. So even in, this, in, in, in the spirit realm, there are planes, there are elevations, there are undulating geographical terrains in that realm. He had to be taken to a high mountain in the spirit to look upon that which was descending from heaven. And these are two separate civilizations. And John had to be carried to be aided by the Holy Ghost in order for him to decipher their texture. Are you with me? All right, let's do an intellectual contrast and comparison before we begin 
our navigation. First of all, so we have Babylon on one side, we have the new Jerusalem on the other side. Are you with me? Or you are not with me? Now, <laughs> do you remember what Jesus said? Jesus said, you are the light of the world. That's not all. Jesus said, you are a city that is set upon a hill that cannot be healed. This city that we call the New Jerusalem is actually the corporate expression of the body of Christ in its matured state. Worthy enough to be presented to her husband, even Christ Jesus. I'm talking about the church without spot, without wrinkle. This is the visage of that organic reality that is descending from heaven. That's what God has been working on all this while. And now the standard is in conformity with the, um, with the, 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 the level, the mark of heaven. And now it is in that glorious state that the head of the church can identify with. It is in that glorious state such that the fullest scope of the authority of God can be manifested within her unhindered. That's the vision that God gave Apostle John. Are you still with me? Stay with me. All right. So if we do a contrast and a comparison, you are going to find that Babylon on one end is a halot. Now, a halot... Ah... Uh, Hallelujah. And then the new Jerusalem on the other end is a bride. Babylon on one end is called the great city with emphasis on great. The new Jerusalem happens to be a holy city with emphasis on holy. Babylon is common. It's available in the market. If you move to Benue State University, you'll find Babylon there. If it's, even in your village, Babylon is common. You don't need to seek Babylon. It will, it's where you are. <laughs> but this holy city is sacred. It is uncommon. You will need to seek it. If you will enter into it, if you will become it, you need to seek it. You know, the Bible says we, we ought to seek first the kingdom of God. Meanwhile, the same kingdom entered into us the day we gave our lives to Christ. But that which is contained in the spiritual capital that is domiciled in us will never find expression if we are not committed to seeking an entrance into the, the realities that are contained therein. So this city, the holy Jerusalem, is not common. And if you are not willing to seek, you will not find the realities that are concealed therein. Number four. When John was taken in the spirit, he saw Babylon in the wilderness. 
Hallelujah. Notice, you are not with me. Where did they see Babylon? In the wilderness. But this city was coming down from heaven. I'm just trying to give us metaphors that will help us understand the quality of what we are delivering. Because you are either ministering from Babylon or you are ministering from the holy city. But as we move on, you will find out all the parts of these civilizations. And then your eyes will be open to know where you stand. Now, you must run quality control tests regularly on your ministry. If not, a time will come where because of lack of, 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 of discernment, you might be bowing down to a God that Apostle Paul cannot recognize. And may the Lord help us in the name of Jesus. Amen. This, this city, Babylon, was in the wilderness. But this one was coming down from heaven. And when John was taken in the spirit, he, he didn't need to stand on any height in the spirit to see Babylon. But when John was taken in the spirit to see the new Jerusalem, he had to be pedestaled on a high mountain. Are you still with me? Just contrast and comparison. Now, we want to begin. These two cities actually find expression in the Garden of Eden. There are two trees in the Garden of Eden that are reflective of dimensions in the spirit realm. So when the Bible says, for instance, that spiritual wickedness in heavenly places, you need to understand that in heavenly places is not only divine things that are there. There are also wicked things in heavenly places. But in the divine realm, there is a culture. There are principles. There are laws that are indications of the fact that you are operating from the divine realm. These two realms are in heavenly places. But we will attempt by analyzing those two trees in the Garden of Eden to unveil those two dimensions. When God set out to create man, the intention of God was that man will be involved in the last lap of his development. And so the last lap of his development was anchored upon civilizations that were trapped in two trees. One of the trees happens to be the tree of life. And Adam was not prohibited from gaining access to that tree. Another tree was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And there was an instruction from God that he wasn't supposed to have dealings with that tree because the entry point into a different kind of civilization. In fact, when Satan came to convince Adam, convince Eve that the tree of the knowledge of good and evil was the best prescription for him because God had an opportunity to instruct Adam 
on the choice that he should make. And the devil also, in Genesis chapter 3, had an opportunity to instruct Adam on the choice that he should make. And unfortunately, Adam chose the devil's option. It means that his lines of development has been determined. And those lines of development that God wanted him to be involved in, he made a choice that um, shut him out from the layer of life. You know, it is convenient. He saw a need. Hallelujah. There was a strange need that he, he saw. And that is the reason why he began to do the things he did. He felt it was good for him to begin to hold services because there was what? A need. Meanwhile, Jesus said that the poor and the needy, they will not depart. They will always be around. God has not called you to meet a need that you saw. He has called you to fulfill something that is upon his heart. A policy direction that is captured in heaven. May the Lord help us in the name of Jesus. Alright, let us begin with the trees. Number one about the two trees. Please write two sources. Two sources. That's number one. And then turn your Bible to the book of Matthew chapter 7 from verse 13 and 14. There are two sources. It says, enter ye in at the straight gate for wide is the gate and broad is the, is the way that leadeth to destruction another word in the greek for this destruction is death and many there be which go thereat next verse because straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leadeth to life and few there be not find your source determines your strategy your source determines your model your source determines the outcome or the result of your endeavor. Because if you are going to stumble upon life, there is a way to life. If you are going to stumble upon life, if your goal is a ministry of life, just like that which Paul said his ministry was, then your approach will be influenced by your goal. Are you with me? I was invited to preach somewhere in South America. And that's a long way from home. Because if you go through South African Airlines, they'll take you to Johannesburg. That's five hours from Lagos. And then from Lagos to Sao Paulo is 10 hours, 30 minutes. That's a long, long way from home. And, and it happens to be that there is this restaurant... A woman from Enugu, 
May God bless Enugu. <laughs> a woman from Enugu pioneered a restaurant somewhere. So most Africans will find themselves there. You, you just have to end up there. Because <laughs> in my own view, there's no food anywhere outside Nigeria. So, you must end up in the Enugu woman's kitchen. So, that kitchen becomes, became a rallying point for preachers. You will, you will know that this preacher came at the time you were around. And I saw preach. Are you with me? That boast about international ministry. They came to the city not because they had an invitation. They, were, they are hawking for preaching opportunities. Say, can I? So when, 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 when people arrive at that restaurant, then you say, uh, do I have Wednesday there? Do I? Meanwhile, if the goal is life, there is a pathway that will lead to it. And, and, and the great one says, only few find it. Is it because this part is so hidden? May the Lord help us in Jesus' name. Now, you need to run an inquiry on the source of what you are doing. Because if the source is the tree of life, it will lead you through a constricted path. The government of God is going to, is going to be responsible for your seasons, for your appearances, for your manifestation. The government of God can conceal you in the wilderness of no visibility for 17 years so that several deposits, pump stations of liability that have been built around your soul will be adequately immobilized so that the possibility of those infrastructure that have been built in your life by reason of experiences and exposures that you have had that are likely to be key points of exploitation from the kingdom of darkness, God will begin to work on those things and it will take 17 years for you to be totally purged from their power. Meanwhile, there is an option of wanting to showcase yourself because God is too slow. <laughs> he will allow you to do it. But the point is that at the end of the day, it will no longer be life. Hallelujah. I remember, are you with me? I remember a minister called me and said, I heard you traveled here. I said, yes. He said, can I open one door for him? I don't think that is what you need to ask for. Because John the Baptist was in the wilderness until the day of his showing forth to Israel. There is a government approach. There is, there is a Jesus approach for visibility. Are you with me? If it is true that what you intend to manifest is a ministry of life, then this is the way to operate in the ministry of life. 
there are going to be scars on your life that is as a result of God's dealings. Uh, Acts chapter 1 verse 1, he said, The former treatise have I made unto Theophilus of all that Jesus began both to do and to teach. So the teaching ministry of Jesus was founded on a doing. And that doing that Luke was speaking about in the book of Acts is living under the weight of the government of God. That means Jesus wakes up, according to the Bible, goes into a solitary place a great while before day, and he begins to pray. And the reason for that prayer is because he wants to know what the Father is doing that day. He downloads it. And then his preoccupation that day becomes doing that which is the Father's will, which he has secured in the place of prayer. He practiced that for 30 years before he was released into teaching ministry. The Bible says that if, if life is your goal, then we already know the prescription of your pattern. You are going to reach that end through a narrow navigation tributary. Because the new Jerusalem that we just saw, one of the elements of the new Jerusalem is that it is not common. It is concealed. It is, it is the first thing you will find in that civilization are the walls, which is its separation. Is separated from the common context. If you claim to have a pioneering ministry, and it is like something that is available, hallelujah, it's common. There's a way you want to talk. Because it is common to talk like that. If you, if you talk like that, you are likely to move the crowd. You got that one from the, sh the store, from window shopping. Hallelujah. It is not likely to have the capacity to carry life. The container will be too weak for the weight of life. And so Jesus was under the weight of the government of God for 30 years. His preoccupation was to find out what was on God's heart. And then what he does for each day is what he sees his father do. That kind of life is not the kind of life that they train you in Benue State University to do. It's the Holy Ghost that trains you to operate like that when you recognize his authority. Ministry. <laughs> so you might find Jesus teaching and then you, you study his teaching pattern. And begin to teach like him. You will not have the authority he has. Because the things he picked up. On that constricted part. Which is the basis for which he has found favor with God. And the presence of God accompanies him. Accompanies his words. Accompanies his prayer. Those lessons of intimacy that he learned. In the privacy of his intercourse with his father becomes the thing that places the authority of God on his ministry. And uh, these issues that we speak about are so personal that they can't be taught. 
Hallelujah. So the first point to consider, if I miss the two, three options, you want to operate from the pedestal of life, you must look into the source. Because the source determines both the way and the result of your ministry. You must ask yourself who sent you, how, what are the encounters that you have? What are the confirmations that came to justify the fact that there's a valid calling on your life? And just in case there's a valid calling on your life, what you are doing today, what are the strategies that the Holy Spirit unveiled to you in the privacy of your heart that led to your current strategy as your means of fulfilling that ministry? If the source is not secret, private, it's not uncommon, you are operating Babylon because Babylon is common. Babylon is in the marketplace. Are you with me? All right. God is concerned about the source of things. And I know this by John chapter 8, verse 44. John 8, 44. God is concerned about the source of things. This is Jesus speaking. He said, ye are of your father the devil. And the lust of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning. And abode not in the truth, because there was no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own. The Greek says he speaks from the content of his possession. That means there's something custom made by Satan. Hallelujah. Satan possesses something that nobody else possesses. And that is his ability to counterfeit, to deceive, to lie. Are you with me? The word of here, ye are of, is the word ek. And that word ek means origin, out of, source. So when Jesus comes to probe, he doesn't see how beautiful the auditorium is. He doesn't see how beautiful the service runs, impeccable. The sound is without any form of contradiction whatsoever. The balances, blending of colors, and all of that is not the object of his inspection. He comes to inspect ek, source. So if we want to walk in life, then the issue of source is important because there are two sources, actually. You need to sit down and say, okay, this style I'm using, what is the source? Is it window shopping or Jesus I had something private, separate with Jesus that resulted in this approach, this style. So the first thing to consider in quality control is source because Jesus is concerned about the source. Another scripture for source is Matthew chapter 15, verse 12 to 13. I'm not going to read that because of time. Number two. Two principles. First of all, we have two sources. Secondly, we have two principles. John chapter 15, verse 4 and 5. John chapter 15, verse 4 and 5. The principles that you operate with are indicative 
of the city that you are building. Hallelujah. There was a certain time in Nigeria when a particular book became common among pastors. And that book is called The 48 Laws of Power. If you don't bother reading it, just go to the back and read the author's comment about the book. Are you with, are you with me? All right. So the author said this book is filled with amoral principles. You know, those of us that did biology, are you with me? When we say an organism is asexual, it means it doesn't have sex organs. So when we say a book is immoral, it means it doesn't have morality. The principles in the book, the, the author is telling you that the principles in this book lack morality. Meanwhile, that same book became a bestseller among preachers of the gospel. Because the principles revealed in that book, those, the, the guys that wrote that, that book and they wrote another book again, which I don't want to mention so that you will not look for it. They are the chief warlocks of, of witchcraft. The very intelligent warlocks. People that have practiced um, witchcraft to a level where the wisdom of witchcraft has been distilled in their heart. And they found occasion to transmit this distilled wisdom into an encapsulation called a book. And then a pastor who is supposed to be a conduit pipe for life, now stumbles upon that book and sees that the book lends itself to practicality and life application. And it's a kind of book to be desired for results. Somebody say results. <laughs> May the Lord help you in the use of that word in ministry. In Jesus' name. So this book became a working manual. Part of what the book teaches is that when two pastors under you are quarreling, don't separate the fight. Because when they are disloyal to themselves, they are likely to be more loyal to you. So they'll be coming to report themselves to you. Then you say, okay, uh, okay. Then is that what happened there? What? You are not with me. <laughs> if what we want to dispense is life, then the principles we adopt matter. Because the Bible says we, in the book of Romans chapter 8, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. It didn't stop there. Principles. Who walk not after the flesh. It means you can be in Christ Jesus and you are operating the principles of the flesh. You are not going to have the results that this verse is revealing because you are using a different principle even though you are a different being. The results that will come out of your own experiment will be contradictory to the expectation because you adopted principles that are inconsistent with the spirit that is the operating system upon your heart. Hallelujah. I remember I was on campus. And in 400 level, 
we were so privileged. Two notable preachers on campus were given the same room. Is that not supposed to produce a revival? Hallelujah. Unfortunately for me, the other minister was more experienced in ministry than myself. So, I was naturally the student. And he was the teacher. So, he tells me about his vast experience in ministry. One of those nights when he came for lectures. Because when he wants to lecture me, he will lock the door so that there's no interference. Then he will now become serious. Then he came and said, Fornicate, but let no man catch you. That's a fact. You're, you're not with me. <laughs> if you, you see, in that communication, the face posture is also communicating. Do you understand what I'm talking about? It, it will. <laughs> <You're not laughs> he said, The day they catch you, the oil will leave. He's telling me by speech that he has been. When did you start? Sit down. So part of the lecture was that make sure that your escapades are concealed in secrecy. That's, that's, hallelujah. You are not with me. I say hallelujah. Some of you here have received this kind of lecture before. So don't, don't make it look as if I'm the only one that In another lecture, he came and unveiled a sack. He brought out a sack. And as usual, he becomes very serious. He said, this sack contains all the messages that I want to preach this year. I've already prepared. <laughs> so if I want to preach, I'll just pick anyone at random. That will be the will of God. That, that trust. I'll go and pray in tongues and I release it. The principle, if what you want to dispense is life, the principles matter. Hallelujah. So, John chapter 15, verse 4 and 5. He said, Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide. In the vine, no more can ye except ye abide in me. Jesus is saying, if what you desire is to bear fruit unto life, then you cannot avoid the principle of dependence. Jesus modeled the example of utter obedience as the kingdom model for the Christian. Adam modeled the principle of rebellion as the model for Babylon and that which is common. Are you still with me? The principle that you operate with matters if you are going to be a custodian of life. And there is something, the measure of ministry is actually transformation. Are you with me? The measure of ministry is what? Is transformation and it is only the Holy Ghost that can transform a man.
So if we are not having the merchandise of life, transformation is going to be a far cry in our testimony. People can come and testify about financial breakthrough and unbelievers can also have breakthroughs in that regard. People will testify about vehicles that have been purchased. Toyota Highlander. Hallelujah. But you will not find testimonies of transformed life. Because the operating system is not life. The merchandise that is driving the activity is not life. And so because a lot of people know that their ministry cannot produce life. There are other things that showcase as the product of that ministry. Meanwhile, Jesus said, you cannot accept by me. If the goal is life, then the principle has already been picked. And that's why when you hear the psalmist speak, sometimes he says the way of the wicked. That's prophetic. It means if you begin to journey on the path of wickedness, your journey, your movement, your outcome has been judged already. It's a way. And the outcome of that way has already been factored out. But if you want life to bear fruit unto life, you will need to depend on Jesus. And these requirements are things that the flesh does not like. The flesh doesn't want to wait. The flesh wants to be in charge dependence thing is contrary to the spirit of the fall but jesus came and modeled a new pattern if life is the goal then dependence on jesus is not optional in fact you must recognize the place of the head the place of the christ his office and his ministry and you angulate yourself and align yourself to become a victim of that office he becomes the personality that brings government that calls the shots you become that administrative setup that is is designed to carry out his decrees and you will learn how to walk like that for a long time in the book of Ephesians the Bible reveals the purpose of time the whole purpose of time you might find that somebody lived for 120 years and you might think it's an achievement but when you know what the purpose of time is you'll find out that length of days doesn't normally translate to meaning among the immortals because Methuselah the man that was given the opportunity to live the most the only achievement that was attributed to his name was that he was able to produce sons and daughters. He never struck a chord in the realm of his reality. But he became vast in the temporal, primordial, mundane frame of reference. I want to be a carrier and a custodian of life. Something that you don't learn in the university. And upon contact with the stream of service delivery that Jesus has called me to pioneer, men should experience transformation. The proof that the Holy Ghost is at work is that what we do carries the power to transform. And if there is no transformation resulting on our efforts, we are transmitting from the commonplace 
and our efforts will build Babylon. The principle we operate upon matters. If it is ministry, oh, I feel the Lord descending strong this night. If you are still with me, say amen. Those who know the principle of dependence never have confidence in themselves. The Bible says we are the circumcision. We worship God in spirit. We rejoice in Christ Jesus. And we have no confidence in the flesh. For you, not every believer is the circumcision. I know you are born again. But there were three, three indicators that revealed who the circumcisions are. First of all, the Bible says that the circumcision, they worship God in spirit. They are those people that God has been seeking. According to the book of John chapter 4, when Jesus said that God, the hour has come and now is when the true worshipers will worship God in spirit. Worship is a product of a certain dealing. A carnal man is not going to be a worshiper because the carnal man has confidence in his wisdom. He has confidence in his strategy. He has confidence in his connections. So a carnal man worships himself at the object, the center of activity. And if God wants to help such a carnal man, he gives him the kind of experience that God gave to Apostle Paul in Asia. Paul says, brethren, I do not want to be, you to be ignorant of the peril that came to us in Asia. How that we were pressed beyond measure. We despaired of life. We prayed to die. But he now said, because spiritual knowledge came to him. The Holy Spirit spoke to him, obviously. He said, the reason why you are passing through this is not because of death. It's so that you will cease to trust yourself. But to trust him that raises from the dead. It is that place of incapacity that the Spirit of God brings us. That makes us eligible to tap into the wealth of the Holy Spirit's ministry. For it is him that was designed to help our infirmity. You will never know the power of the spirit of God. Until you are brought to a point where you see the end of yourself. And how incompetent you are. And that you are a bag of infirmities. Then your eyes are open. To realize that God's plan all along was to bring you to a point where you meet with him that is the sufficiency even the spirit of god that helps infirmity and it is in the areas of your infirmity that the holy ghost will show himself strong i was born a stammerer couldn't speak if i want to communicate i'll have to beat the table and the ability to speak was not given to me and it came to pass in the encounters i had of glory God revealed to me that I was going to be a preacher and I knew that I was already a failed preacher upon arrival because I don't have the ability to communicate and I took a fast and went to God and God spoke to me by laying a scripture upon my heart 
and he said as for you this is the covenant that i have with you i have put my words on your mouth then he occurred to me by wisdom the holy ghost by wisdom made me realize that if god has put his words in my mouth then he will find a way to bring it out so if i want to go preach what i do is that i pray i just pray enough to receive the word of the lord and it will be god's business to bring his word to the people that he has sent me to that was how i did my preaching and for a long time i'll finish preaching i'll have the ability to speak i'll come down from the pulpit i'll become a very terrible stammerer and you will see the difference between the man on the pulpit and the man on ground and the reason why the man on the pulpit is the way he is is because he met him that helps infirmity those cracks those cracks those dents of your infirmity will become an opportunity for him to show his supremacy his capacity and when you know that you will never want to try in the flesh again because the flesh has been judged only those that have had a dealing from God that exposes their insufficiency and have, have accepted it and have decided not to try in the flesh again that are the circumcision they have no confidence in the flesh and the reason why there is joy in Christ Jesus is because Jesus happens to be the source of all grace in his incarnation when he was made manifest as a man because the program that God was running was that the son of God became the son of man so that sons of men can become sons of God so when he came in the suit as a man uh, he was analyzed by people that could design even brother John was able to see that he was full of grace he was full of truth the source of grace happens to be Jesus and so every time I preached and I had utterance I knew the source of that grace to preach the source of the grace to flow in utterance came from Jesus that's his content a little bit of his essence was released to give me the ability to speak and everyone that has operated in that immortal shape of power and capacity he becomes a slave to Jesus yes he becomes indebted to Jesus so he can only rejoice in Christ Jesus who happens to be his Lord and governor and it is when we have learned how to rejoice in Christ Jesus that we can actually worship the Father in the spirit we are the circumcision we worship God in spirit we rejoice in Christ Jesus who happens to be our Lord and we have no confidence in the flesh hallelujah 10 years after preaching that way Jesus gave me my physical speech back and the restoration of my speech was to test me if I was doing all the prayer I did just because I wanted to talk now the talking now came but the lesson was already learned the principle was one and all the circumcision either 
space of incapacity or ability, they know that any ability that doesn't have its root in spirit reinforcement, it's a snare. I've learned the lesson. Hallelujah. Many times before I stand like this, it takes three days. And the Lord now says, okay, I will come before I step out because he is Christ Jesus, the Lord. He can decide not to come. And you'll be standing alone on the pulpit. But the circumcision will not even go to the pulpit if, if he doesn't say he will come. Events, things, places are not as important to the circumcision like a commitment from his Lord. Hallelujah. The story has not ended. My mentor, my mentor roommate, he told me. He said, he will not go for you service. He's going straight to the field. By the time I finish youth service, he will be a bishop. <laughs> Hallelujah. I don't want to tell you how the story ends, but the way you, you are thinking it ended, that's how it ended. <laughs> there are two sources, there are two principles. Satan can actually support a man that is tapping from the frequency of a wrong source in ministry. He can support him because what he's doing is Babylon. And the emphasis of Babylon is about great. Meanwhile, the emphasis of the new Jerusalem is about quality control, holy. I would have punctuated to tell us the five principles of life just in case you want to swim in life there are five principles that you cannot ignore and if you don't transmit from that level your ministry is a waste of time let me jump there are also two laws because the moment we talk about life then we need to talk about laws. I know you know the laws. One is the law of sin. Unto death. And the other one is the law. Of the spirit of life. In Christ Jesus. I don't think I need to explain this too. Romans chapter 7. The law. Of sin. Can we call the other law the law of paralysis? Paralysis is the result of a lack of grace. Because when God builds, he builds with grace. Grace is the energy that God makes available when he has sustained a policy that he wants to implement upon the face of the earth, he makes grace available. 
and anyone that aligns to receive the grace of God will have the capacity and the ability to begin to walk in the light of God's policy. Grace is the mark of whether you are in God's current scheme of things or not. Grace was the way capacities were measured in the apostolic times because the Bible says that the difference between the apostles and the other brethren was that great grace was upon them. It was not by title. It was not by a preferred mode of classification. You couldn't deny that there was a concentration of the grace of God on those brethren. Something of heaven was locked on their soul. You might come and say, Jesus! But when Apostle Paul does the same thing, the result will be different. The seven sons of Sceva thought it was a, a formula. Because I've heard many people come to me and say, how did you do it? And I'm wondering. Because that's the question for a man of a man that wants keys. He doesn't want the, he doesn't want the presence. Because it's the presence. You, you don't learn the presence. You don't say, okay, this is the formula. Let's enter through. He wants to get keys. Your key holder, where you are sitting now, your key holder is overburdened, but yet the doors are locked. May the Lord help us in the name of Jesus. He wants keys. How did you do it? Do what? It's angulation. Sometimes it takes 15 years for you to angulate to that fountain of grace. And all the dealings the governments that he administers. All the things he tells you about administering money was not about money. It was more about angulation to the energy source. The power of God will only go in the direction of the will of God. Oh, the grace of God will only go in the direction of the will of God. A heart that has not accepted God's government will be eluded with grace and the law of paralysis will set in. He can come and call himself a prophet and even sew one kind of garment so that he's looking weird. That, okay, this garment is a sign. He came from a secret place. In, in, in five minutes time, if you are alive in the spirit, you will know he's unauthorized because he lacks grace for his claims. Hallelujah. He is empty. There is no grace to back up his claims. Meanwhile, in the days of the apostles, the Bible says that what? Great grace was upon them. So it's not by title. It's by what? Grace. That's the only thing you can buy. You need to know that its source is a throne. And if you don't accept the government of that throne, you will not see it in such abundance that it is needed to pioneer a policy from God. Hallelujah. Oh, you are not with me. Okay, because you are not with me, I stop. I stop. 
I've not finished. Let's see the last point. Two kingdoms. When that tree grows, when you begin to eat the fruit and you assimilate it and it begins to grow, it will, it will produce a shape that is consistent with the kingdom. Mm, it will mature and you will see, okay, this thing I was doing for 25 years, hey, a kingdom will emerge. So the question tonight is, What are you building? Turn your Bible quickly. So Acts chapter 5, as I try to round up. Acts 5.20. Listen, are you there? You know, in order for Moses to receive the Ten Commandments, he went up a mountain. Is that true? And also in order for Balaam, Balaam, to see Israel. He also went up the mountain. Is it Moses' mountain you have gone up to or Balaam? Because part of the duty of the priest is to show the difference between the unclean and what? This is the first time that a preacher was given a topic to preach by an angel. In the New Testament. These guys were in jail. The angel came. Brought them out of jail. Having brought them out of jail. He now said go stand and speak. In the temple to the people. All the words. Of this life. Indicative of the fact. That the only merchandise. That we have is life. Our nation is dying because those of us that profess to be Christians have no life. There's so much talk on the pulpit, but the mind of God is largely obscured. It is a query for life. A query for life. We're going to pray in the next five minutes. A query for life. The prayer first of all should be personal, not congregational. Check what you are doing. It, you know, it's a mountain of alignment. You can break down some things and re begin to rebuild from this night. But God will help us in the name of Jesus. We're going to pray. You may wish to stand. Let me not. All right, Jesus.
for the way of the Lord. It's the way of wisdom. Listen to me. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor seated in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord his God. And in his law doth he meditate day and night. He shall be like a tree that is planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth its fruit in its season. His leaves also shall not wither, and whatsoever he layeth his hands upon to do, it shall prosper. The prayer point has already been given. It is the wordings of that song. I choose the way of the Lord. In this day of counterfeit ministry. In this day of fake miracles. In this day of stage works and performance. I choose the way of the Lord. Many may call it old fashioned. Many may say I'm a preacher Jew, but I choose 
the way of the Lord. It may not be contemporary. It may not be in sync with the fashion. It's a decision I have made. I choose the way of the Lord. Father, our generation is tired. We are tired of counterfeits, tired of hypes. Now, we want to walk with you. We choose your way. And we ask that you help us tonight. For the way of the Lord is the way. You promised us through the prophecy of our father, Baelte, that you will stay up a revival in Nigeria that will heal the fabrics of our nation. We will no longer be known as a land of corruption because you will bring deliverance to us. We choose the way of the Lord. Jesus and I beheld in the spirit and I saw the Lord lighting some candles just lighting candles lighting candles and the reason why the candlestick will have to be lit if you go to the book of Revelation chapter 1, you will see seven golden candlesticks indicative of the church. That's the metaphor that was used to symbolize the church. And the meaning of the candlesticks within that context is that we are supposed to bear the witness of Christ in the territory. It's the church that holds the witness of Christ in the territory. That's what we shine. We shine his witness. We shine evidences to prove to our dying generation that he is true. In fact, the reason for which God gives us power is so that we can be witnesses unto him, not witnesses for him. Our generation has put him in the dock. There's a mutual argument whether he has 
Whether he can save. Whether he can do the things we say he does. And you and me are the ones who vindicate him. And that's why he makes power available so that you can be a witness in the court of the hearts of men that he is both Savior and Lord. So part of what Jesus is doing tonight, wants to do tonight, he wants to light some candles. So that your capacity, your ability to bear witness within the context of your own domain will be possible. Nigeria has lingered too long without burning flames of witness. We are just going into darkness and more darkness. But the people that will change the paradigm need to rise from among us. So that there is visible witness of the fact something that cannot be denied, it can't be ignored. That's the kind of flame that your life is supposed to bring. Oh my, I say I see Jesus. He is lighting the candles. Oh, he's lighting the candles. Listen, listen to me. Can you? Hallelujah. He's lighting the candles. In the next five minutes, the hand of the Lord will come on this congregation. Because he wants to light the candles. Nigeria will not be silent for much longer. There's going to be an eruption of the proceedings. An eruption. And in the days to come, the church will be exalted by God. Much more than the seat of government in our land. Because there will be witnesses. The burning ones will be among us. Jesus said that the witness of John the Baptist was like a burning and a shining light. Oh my God. The burning ones will arise from among us even during the course of this conference in the name of Jesus. The time has come to break the silence. God has something to say. You are not going back the same way you came. You will go back with a flame. God is a lover of flames. And that's why on the day of Pentecost, the spiritual ceremony was not complete without the flames. You will come under the influence of flames. In the name of Jesus. Fire fall upon 
holy fire fall upon my altar from within me spirit you take over holy fire fall upon my altar holy fire Holy fire, holy fire, fall upon my heart. Holy fire, holy fire, fall upon my altar, God. I saw him do in the spirit. Just, just your right hand. Nigeria has been too silent. We are a nation of revival. Britain might be the home of education by design, by prophecy. We are the home of revival. Our prophetic destiny will never be fulfilled outside an avalanche of God. We've waited too long for politicians to come help our nation. We waited for foreign aid. We are a nation of fire. Let's, let's go for fire. <laughs> In the name of Jesus. Now, can you stop praying? Don't worry. I said I saw Jesus lighting the candle. So, oh my God. They are not hearing me. I saw Jesus lighting the candle. I saw Jesus lighting the candle. He was in our midst, lighting the candle. Lighting the candle. Lighting the candle. I saw him. I saw him lighting the candle. Father, in the name of Jesus, you don't need to answer amen. You showed me how you came and you began to light the candle because you want to begin a new season of illumination, season of fire, in the lives of many people to pedestal us in that place that we need to be in order for us to be an effective witness. We pray tonight. That you look upon us with mercy and stretch forth your hand on my left hand side to my right hand side 
to the back of the hall, light the candle, 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 light the oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. Now, ushers, do us a favor if you find someone who has been lit. I just want to touch them. It's coming strong. It's coming strong. There are three people in the auditorium. God is giving you the gift of prophecy. And it will burn like a fire. It will burn like a fire. It will burn like a fire. I can see in the spirit. I can see in the spirit. I can see in the spirit five people in the auditorium the anointing of a seer the anointing of a seer it will come upon you holy ghost 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 move it will come upon you the hand of god will descend upon you nigeria has been too quiet too quiet he wants to light the candle he wants to light the candle and for those of you that are viewing me online the fire of god is coming into your room right now the fire of god the fire of god the fire Ooh. the fire of god is coming into your room All right, there are four people I see in the spirits. The healing anointing will descend upon you. At the count of five. One, two, three, four, five. The Lord wants to light the fire. You will not go back the same. His hand will be strong on you. His hand will be strong on you. It's a time for a shift. It's a time for a shift. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Iso se le coupe la main. Braske bokon te mali. Eso se la yi komansali. Ibrontes kapakulama. Riso somenala. Thank you, Lord. I hear the Holy Ghost. Listen, listen to me. Can you hear me? Those of you outside, can you hear me? If you are a sister in this hall, put your right hand on your stomach. The Lord says he will raise priestesses. The anointing that will come on you will take away sleep. Yes. Priestesses among our sisters. That's what he said. Put your hand here. Put your hand. Every sister. Father in the name of Jesus. You said you will raise priestesses. Priestesses of the altar. Identify them by fire. 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 
priestesses priestesses of the altar receive the fire 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 of the altar of the altar grace grace to grow oh my god there's a strange anointing that has come into this place right now there's a strange anointing there's a strange anointing ah <laughs> hey chabon say pilo compesca pretos kempo compalaita escopela is commandelia there's a strange anointing there's a strange anointing from heaven Holy fire, holy fire, holy fire, fall upon my heart. Holy fire, holy fire. Holy fire, holy fire, congregation is giving you an ability a special ability in the deliverance ministry the hand of God will descend upon you and when the anointing comes for three days in this conference, you will be feeling the burning of that anointing. Father, 
in the name of Jesus I ask that you stretch forth your hand and touch that deliverance minister touch him touch her touch him touch her touch him touch her touch him touch her when you are there 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 